Core. Core. You are listening to Core, a show on Code Zero Radio that plays bands located in the Fox Cities. The show to find and discover new music. Hosted by Andy McNamara. Based out of Oshkosh, Wisconsin, guitarist and multi-instrumentalist Cody James. He's got warm and <laughs> warm and fuzzy blanket of <laughs> pop and rock. It's supported by satin sheets of jazz and blues topped with Midwestern tinged pillows. Playing and arranging every instrument, Cody lays in a tasty bed of insightful songwriting. That searches for the new and the unexpected. His new single, Everything in Me, is being released at the end of the month. I'd like to welcome Cody James to Fox City's Core. Cody, how are you doing today? Hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> is, is this too early for you? I always like to ask if, if, if you know, our guests are morning people. You know, it's, uh, it's early for me to be up in Appleton. Yeah, I'll say that. Um, I usually wake up, I don't know, 8, 8 to 8 or 8.30. I like to say I wake up earlier, uh, but usually <laughs> I don't. So, um, you know, it's not too bad. It's cool. It's cool. And you've got a, a new single coming out at, I do. at the end of the month. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm working with a record label, The Animal Farm. Uh, they're based out of the UK. And so we're releasing this track. Um, I'm really excited about it. I actually recorded it over the pandemic in 2020. Uh, I, I recorded the drums and I played bass and the keys and guitars and vocals and everything on it. And um, they took it and mixed it and it sounds really great. And I'm excited. We've got a, a lot to cover in the next hour. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, we've got you've played Mile of Music this year, and, yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, the record label, just different things that we can talk about. Sure. Uh, let's just kind of start from the beginning. Like, what got you into music? When did you start playing an instrument? Uh, well, I got my first guitar when I was seven. Uh, it was a Christmas gift from my father, um, and before that, I had always been kind of drawn to music. Um, my family has stories of me, you know, standing in front of the the, the speakers at home, the the stereo at home, and just kind of headbanging to the doors and stuff like that, you know. Um, so I've always been kind of drawn to music, and then um, um, my brother-in-law introduced me to Kiss when I was like six, six or seven, and I just fell in love, and I'm still a Kiss fan, you know. Um, and from then on, I always knew I kind of wanted to be a quote-unquote rock star, you know. Um, I wanted the long black hair and the whole thing and be this huge, famous, crazy rock star, right? Uh, and so I just kind of, you know, latched onto that and I never let it go. And um, so then, yeah, I got my first guitar at seven. Um, I discovered punk uh, later on and then was in punk bands in high school and just kind of kept going. So so it's interesting you mentioned uh, like the Doors and, and Kiss. E- eventually, we'll talk about it later, you formed the band called Atala. Yeah. And that's, mm-hmm. that was, what would the genre be? Would that be? Like stoner like, metal. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, t- I don't want to get there too early, but. Sure, sure, sure. So, so you ended up liking bands like The Doors and Kiss and then picked up a guitar and yeah. did you take lessons formally or did you, were you all self-taught? Uh, I was self-taught to begin. Uh, I took lessons for a little while and it kind of ended up, I would just like bring CDs in and be like, Hey, show me how to play this song or this song. You know what I mean? It was, instead of like, you know, reading out of the book and, um, I kind of got to the point where I was like, wait a sec, like, you know, I can probably figure this out on my own. You know what I mean? If, if this is all I'm doing. And, uh, yeah, so that it kind of, uh, it really allowed me to develop my ear really well, which I've always used in, in things. So. 
Did you take, uh, what well, did you grow up in Oshkosh? Yeah. So mm-hmm. was there a, a music store? In- yeah, it was Henry's Music then. Yeah, it was Henry's Music. Uh, I think, uh, what was my, uh, the, the instructor's name, I think was Tom Rothy, maybe Have you, his name was. You ever run into Tom? No, but he was like a guitar player, you know, in a cover band or whatever in, around town. And like, um, and uh, my, my family would see him out and about playing. And so he was just kind of like a family friend at, at one point, which is kind of funny. Um, yeah, but so Tom got you kind Tom, of started yeah. the, yeah. So when, when you're asking to play covers, what songs would you, was it doors and kiss songs that you're no, asking? So I was probably, I was probably like 12 at that point. And so my brother had discovered punk. So I was into punk. So it was like the casualties and like street punk stuff, you know, like super easy, just power chord stuff. And this guy's like, this stuff is so easy, you know, <laughs> <laughs> thinking about it now is really funny. <laughs> So, were your parents paying for those lessons? Oh yeah, I'm sure. Okay, yeah, so they yeah. were they were kind of paying for you to go in there and, and like learn a little piece of a, a cover song. Yeah, well, they they didn't. You know, I don't think they realized exactly what I was doing in 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 the lesson. I think if they would have known that, they would have probably been like, "Well, you know, it's not really uh, worth it." You know, but well, so your parents were supportive though always yeah always yeah they were always at the shows they still come to my shows uh they would you know in the early early days of me playing they'd be driving us around with all of our gear you know um and yeah so they've always been right there yeah do you have any siblings yeah yep i'm the youngest of four so i've got an older brother two older sisters and then i have two half or three half siblings as well who are all younger so and were they into to music like you were? My brother was, yeah. My brother played guitar for a while, and he still has a guitar. Um, and he, you know, he's really into music and stuff. And so that was always a good uh, kind of support, you know, for me. And like I said, he, you know, got into punk, and so that got me into punk. And so he was, he's always been really influential on me for that way. Never formed anything together, though? No, no, he never played in a band. No, he never, he never took it to, to that level. Yeah. <clears throat> So then you learned to play, mm-hmm. and when, when did you form your first band or your first project? Uh, high school, yeah, um, freshman year. You know, I was in, in the band class, and I had, I think, I remember the first day I wore a Dropkick Murphy shirt, and there was another kid, Dan Kerner, you know him? Mm-hmm. He lives in Appleton now. He's in this band, Fast Plants. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I know, I know him. Yeah, he plays bass, uh, and so he, you know, he recognized he was he's always been into punk and stuff. So he recognized me, and him and I became friends, and he introduced me to that whole thing, you know, all um, that whole scene. And then it was like, like the Deconform shows at the New Moon and stuff. And my brother was all you know friends with those guys and stuff. And so I was kind of Derek Bruda. Yeah, right. Yep. So I was I was kind of you know I grew up in that whole thing, and and so yeah, it was like high school. Um, uh freshman year who uh, mike fucci played drums and i was friends with him you know in in in, in uh in high school and um i can't remember who else was in it still no name it was called yeah i played bass how long did did uh, that project last uh for a while pretty pretty for a while i don't know maybe a year year or two something like that uh, and then I was in another band called Noxious. Uh, that was with uh, Justin Rimby and Mike DiMatteo. And that was kind of more like no effectsy kind of punk. Um, that was, and that lasted for a while too. We recorded uh, in Fond du Lac. I remember that. Um, yeah. Was that at uh, Mike's Music? No, that we recorded at, uh, with Ratbite Recording. Is this dude, I think his name was Shane. And he was, he just had like this board and he would just, he could come to you kind of thing and he would record, so... Do you remember the the first time you 
stepped into a studio to, to record it, I mean, obviously you do everything now yourself, but yeah, was it kind of an overwhelming feeling or just sort of a feeling like you made it to the next level? Well, it was, it just seemed kind of like a, just like a natural thing to do. You know, it just kind of seemed like, well, we wrote these songs and now we're just going to record them. Right. And, and then, you know, in the beginning it was like on a little recorder, you know, in the basement kind of thing. Um, and then, yeah, well, like I said, with this other guy, Shane, when he, he would just come to our basement and he had a little like board. So it wasn't like going to his studio. You know what I mean? Um, I think the first studio that I ever really went into was probably, um, what was it called? It was an Oshkosh, um, Brian Kohler. It was there for a while. Um, no, I'm Topsoil. Just, topsoil, yep. Yeah, I recorded there. Uh, that was probably my first real like you know studio experience and it it just felt you know just felt like the the place to be you know it's kind of a natural thing to do and um i love being in the studio it's super fun so those projects were punk projects the first couple and then you moved on to anything else or was it to itala next um well, there was there were other punk bands. There was Sabaeth. That was kind of like um, it was like Minor Threat, but horror punk. So like the Misfits, Minor Threat. Um, that lasted for a while, um, and I think that when that kind of fizzled out, that's when Atala formed, and that was like 2012, I believe. So yeah, it was pretty much punk, 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 and then it was just like stoner metal, like you know. Um, but that seemed like a really natural uh, progression too. And all the guys, you know, we seemed like that's kind of where we were at, you know, because we, I mean, we always like Black Sabbath and, you know, heavy music and stuff like that. And it just kind of naturally formed into that, I think. So with the, all the other bands, that was quite a few bands you were in, you mm-hmm. know, to even get to that point. Yeah. In your opinion, what was like the biggest reason that, that bands would break up? Um, I don't know. Disagreements would happen. You know, opinions would change. People would, you know, want different things. Or, like, with Still No Name, I think that that my my first punk band with Mike Fucci, I think that was, like, we all... There was a point where we would have, like, like a street punk song, and then we would have, like, a social distortion song, and then we'd have, like, a misfit song. So we were all on totally different levels, you know? So we were just kind of pulling each other apart, you know? Um, It's probably the same kind of thing with Noxious, where we just kind of, like, you know... It just kind of fizzles out, you know? Um after a while i think if you're not really like if everybody's not really like you know honed in and and you know on the same page and driving forward it just kind of fizzles out you know so atala starts it's a different genre of music yeah did you like realize at the time that the the venues or like did the venues or places change where you were playing compared to like the the punk bands did it kind of open up like a different door of places and people yeah i think it 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 definitely allowed us to get into bigger places you know we were still playing basements you know we would still play the tiny little bars or the little like corner hole in the wall spots or whatever we just had like bigger amps now you know we had like (laughs) we had full stack amps and we would literally take them everywhere it didn't matter where we were playing we could be in a tiny basement you know and we would take them down there if we if they would fit um you know um but yeah i mean it definitely i think that allowed us to get into uh kind of a bigger arena as far as like you know we weren't just like banging on our instruments screaming about you know fuck this fuck that all the time you know we were or whatever um yeah it it definitely opened up some doors for us yeah for sure Mm-hmm. And that band lasted. Well, you guys did you tour? Do you oh yeah, touring? yeah. We were we were a band for. We ended in in nineteen, so seven years. 
Um, yeah, we toured all over. We toured the East Coast multiple times. We did like a 25-day West Coast tour. Well, we went down south. Um, yeah, we were all over the place. We had a couple records out. And that band ended up, after seven years, yeah. de-banding. Yeah, and that was, that was pretty much my call, honestly. Um, I was just at this weird place in my life, and, you know, I was going through a lot of personal stuff, and things were changing for me, and I just... I just kind of stopped having fun, you know, it just kind of, it just kind of, it just wasn't working for me anymore, you know, and so I, um, and I had been solo for a little while before that, so I, I went solo, my first solo show was November of 2018, and uh, so I'd been doing solo stuff for a while, and I think, you know, I, I don't know, I feel like it was, you know, the feeling was kind of there. You know, I think the guys kind of picked up on it too a little bit because I was doing a lot of solo shows. I was playing all the time. And and then we ended up going on our last tour in um, in March of 2018, went down to Texas. And uh, when we got back, it was when I, when I did it. And, um, you know, I had nothing against any, any of the guys or anything. It just, it just was uh, time for me to switch it up, you know. Were you doing most of the songwriting? No, that was very collaborative. That was very collaborative. Uh, maybe in the earlier, you know, some of the songs, like when we first started, you know, um, we might, you know, one of the guys or one of us might bring a song, but for the most part, it would be like one of us had a riff, and we would just build and build and build and do most of our songwriting at practice, you know, when we were all together and stuff. And I mean, especially in the early days, we were we had a, in our practice house, you know, we were always together. We were hanging out. We had pool table down there. We had couches, and we were just always down there hammering stuff out. And um, <clears throat> that's that's one thing that was really great about about that band is that we were uh, really all on the same page, you know, and really all in, which was really great. That had to be a, a difficult choice to you know end something that you put seven years of your life into yeah it was it it was and it, it it wasn't something you know i'd been thinking about it for a while and it wasn't something i just jumped into and you know i didn't i didn't do anything you know um rash or or whatever or you know um i definitely approach it with a lot of care you know on my end because yeah it was something i poured myself into you know and we all did for eight years or whatever and um but at the end of the day, you know, especially if I'm doing music stuff and it's I'm not really having fun, you know, or it's not working. It's just like you got to do something, you know. Out of that seven years, was there one particular show that stuck out in your head as being your, your favorite that you played? Hmm. We had a lot. We played a lot of great shows. Um, I remember we played this place in Rapid City. South Dakota on our West Coast tour, uh, which is where Mount Rushmore is, and we played this like little record shop. But it was after the show. We stayed with the the people who owned the store or something, or the promoter or whatever. He lived on this like like commune type place, so there was a bunch of like little like shacks and like tents and stuff. And it was kind of like an area like like the Wisconsin Dells, so it's like kind of touristy because Mount Rushmore and stuff. So they had this like this like these like cave tours, you know, these like lighted cave tours, but the it was shut down to the public and these people owned it and it was still lit up and everything. So we like went in there and we're like partying and stuff after the show and hanging out in this cave. And that was really cool. Um, I don't know. We had a lot of really good shows. I don't know if I can really pick one. So would a, a, a good show be like just, you know, thinking of it in the, the whole of it, because obviously when you're a performer, it's not just the show, it's everything that comes before and right, after kind of right. adds to 
to the feeling. But I yeah. think when you're touring, it sort of it takes on more of like an all day thing because you're not just going home. Right. You're waking up in your bed, playing the show and coming back home. Yeah. So did you prefer to play somewhere else where you were sleeping somewhere in a different state and then playing the show or did you prefer the shows where you were playing locally? Oh no, I love touring. I love it. I actually just went on, just got back from tour in August. I went out to the East coast. We're going to talk about that. The Midwestern dads. Yeah. Uh, and that was my first, my first real tour since, uh, 2019, the last Atala tour. And I just love touring so much. I love it. I don't like over plan everything. I don't know where I'm staying that night. I just kind of let the night do its thing and I go wherever. And I, yeah, I, I love touring. It's well, you're a family man too. So how, how does the yeah. family feel about that? Is is your wife and, and kids okay with you being gone for stretches yeah. of time? You know, my wife is amazing. She is amazing, and I know, and it's not easy for her. You know, I know that's we have two kids. You know, we have a six year old and a four year old, and they're in school. And of course, you know, during the school year, it's a lot harder. Um, and I, I definitely, you know, can't do as much. Um, but my wife is super supportive, and she, you know, she she understands how important it is to me and I do music full time now. And, and so she's, you know, is, as long as, uh, basically as long as, you know, bills are getting paid, she doesn't care for the most part. Um, and you know, I, I definitely miss them and I miss, you know, I miss them when I'm gone and it's, it's so great to get home after I've been gone. Um, but touring is just, it's, it's in my blood, you know, I just, uh, it's, I just, I love it. I really do. This is a good part in the show where we like to do band reaction that's where we play a clip from a previous guest okay and then get your reaction sure now it would have been easy for me to choose uh when uh sam McLeod was on oh and yeah. brian from 94 distortion yeah, yeah. but i decided to take a clip from our last guest okay Amos pitch oh nice uh so we'll, we'll play it and we'll see what you think and if yeah. you have any like relatable experiences or anything like that here we go amos pitch on a couple weeks ago on fox city's core Band reaction. Band reaction. School. I went on tour with this band from LA, thinking I was gonna play drums for the rest of the year. Basically, uh, being hired to play for this band. Then the guitarist of this band fell down a flight of stairs and broke his arm in like 13 places. Tried to play the next show in San Francisco and it was just too excruciating. And so their record label got me an Amtrak ticket home, which was the worst few days of my life, I think, because right before getting on the train, I bought just this humongous bag of apple chips and I ate like half the bag. For some reason, not realizing that apple chips are just dehydrated apples. So I was eating like, you know, 20 apples and just got the worst diarrhea of my life sitting on this train and going back and forth to the the bathroom for like three days all the way from Portland, Oregon to Milwaukee. So, I mean, that's yikes. Pretty bad. Yeah. (laughs) What's your reaction first to what Amos said and then? Kind of, if you had any similar experiences? Well, I got to give props to that guitarist for trying to play the show the next day after, like, breaking his arm in how many places? Kudos to you, whoever that person is. Um, and sorry that happened to you, Amos. That's horrible. Um, at least it wasn't a Greyhound, I guess. Greyhound would have been probably worse. But anyway, um, I'm actually really lucky because when I tour, I, uh, I have trouble pooping. <laughs> So I don't ever have to like rush off to the bathroom, you know, and I know people who have the opposite effect and I'm like, man, I feel bad for you. Um, but 
any relatable story to having to sit on the Amtrak to have to poop all day? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so, honestly. <laughs> Amos has me beat. <laughs> well, okay. So after Italis, we'll we'll kind of go to where we are currently. Okay. How 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 long did you take off in between Atala disbanding and then starting to to write and actually like form some of the the Cody James? Oh, there was, there was no time off. There was no time off. I had been writing and forming Cody James. Like I said, I started, my first solo show was, was November of 2018, and Atala disbanded in March of 19. So it wasn't that much longer. And I had already had, like everything in me, this, this single coming out was already written. I already had that song written at that point. Um, so I had already had probably, I don't know eight songs or something at that point, and I had been playing tons of shows, and 2019 was a super busy year as far as shows. I was going all over the place, so I, yeah, I had, like, no time off. Were you writing this stuff while Atala was still um, performing? Not really, no, no. I was, I was like, super depressed, and I was going through this really big thing in my life, and I literally sat down one day, and, like, four songs just, like, poured out. They just came out. It's like they were sitting up here, and I opened the door, and they were out. You know, it was like one of those things. Um, so I didn't really spend much time. I mean, I had, like, some, like, really bluesy stuff that I had written that, you know, wasn't appropriate for Atala. Um, but I wasn't really going to be using that, you know, um, I guess. So not really. Well, then the, the style that you're doing now is is obviously way different than Atala. Right. So if anybody's, like... I'm going to go see Cody James, you know, yeah. play here and expecting to hear, yeah, you know, yeah. Atala, it's not going to be Atala. But, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. as far as transitioning to that kind of singer-songwriter type style, was that difficult? Because obviously you've got these big amps at home and all this stuff that, you know, you're yeah. using for this band. Right. Is it, did you have to kind of reconfigure, retool everything? Oh God, everything, yeah. And honestly, I still am. Like, I still am. I'm, I went, even as far as, as like is like what I wanted to sound like and what I wanted my music to be and all this. I went back and forth for so long and I still kind of do. But now I, I'm like, I, I'm in a really good place now where I'm like, I'm pretty comfortable with, with what I've got now. But yeah, it was like, I sold a ton of stuff. You know, I sold, you know, I sold my guitar. I sold my amp. I sold tons of shit, you know, and I got all new shit. I basically just like started over and... It was really hard. I had a lot of super awkward moments on stage, a lot of really, like, really, a lot of bad shows, a lot of really, you know. That'd be kind of scary when you're yeah, starting Yeah, it was. To do it that. was, yeah. And I, like, I had never been on stage by myself, you know. And so it was just like, but I was just like, screw it, you know. If I'm, if I'm not going to do it now, when am I going to do it, you know? And I don't want to be, you know, 45, 50 years old and be like, wow, I wish I would have done that or at least tried, you know what I mean? So. Um, and I, st- I mean, I still have awkward moments on stage and it's still, you know, whatever, but you bring up a good point because if you're used to playing in a band, if you need to like tune or do something, oh, yeah. you've got other people that yeah. can like, it's just... a huge safety net, you yeah. know? And when you're by yourself, you're just by yourself and there's nothing else. There's no like drummer or bass player to, you know, kind of vibe off of or, or can kind of help you out or whatever, you know? Um, 
And but you know, I think that really has made me a much better performer, and it's made me a lot more confident in myself. And it's made you know, I, I think like, man, whenever I get a band together, I feel like it's gonna be so easy. Like I'll be up here with some other dudes or with some other people, and it's gonna be great. You know? Do you, do you have any plans to eventually put a band yeah, together? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm definitely going to. Um, I think it'll be small to start, probably just bass and drums and guitar. Um, but I could see maybe like keys or something in the future, maybe. Um, and I miss having a band too. I really do. You know, it's really nice to be alone, to be solo. It's so it's really easy. I can just do whatever, whenever. You know, I don't got to worry about schedules or anything, which is super nice. But I miss the camaraderie and the collaboration and the you know, uh, like so. I'm on this. Uh, well, I guess we'll talk about the Midwestern Dads tour a little bit. But I went with a, a dude, uh, a friend of mine, and it was just nice to to be on tour with someone else. You know, it just it just kind of felt like I was in a band almost again. You know, it was it was cool. We can talk. We can talk about the tour. So, so you went on the the Midwestern Dad tour, yeah. And it, you went down to um, Memphis, I think, and in that mm-hmm. area down there. And you were playing with two other people. I wrote their names down. Where yeah. is it? Maybe you can just tell me. So yeah, Brian Brian Cherry and Soul True. Uh, so Brian Cherry is from Milwaukee. Um, he plays. It's, yeah, I, I guess I would just say soul. He would probably, you know, elaborate a little more on that. But kind of soul music. Um, he plays guitar and he sings, and he's he's a goofball. And him and I get, got along really well. And, and that great. tour was August 10th to the 20th. So that was right after Mile of Music, which it was. before we even talk about the, the tour, let's yeah. talk about Mile of Music. Sure. So this this was your first time playing Mile? No, my second time. Second time. Yeah, I played last year. Um, so my first time back at Mile, uh, which was great. Was uh, it different than the first time you played it? It was, I don't know if it was different. It was, um, it's always cool, you know. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I had good shows, and I got to actually run sound kind of last minute for, for the uh, bike to the beat thing, which was really cool. Um, and I, I just love it, you know. They really know how to do it right and how to take care of musicians. And it's just so cool that it's all original, too, you know. Like, every, there's so much cover stuff, you know, uh, around here. It's just so big around here, and... It's really cool that that is all original and they're really strict about it. And I just love it. I love them. They're so cool. So how many shows did he play at Mile this year? Uh, I did one, two, three, four, four, four shows. I did a Friday show. I did two Friday shows and then two Saturday shows. Yeah. Um, did you make sure you're armed with merchandise? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had tons of stuff, yeah, which I unloaded a lot, which is nice. Actually, I have, I, have a, I have a free CD right now, so that's just like a really good way to get talking to people and just kind of hand stuff out and, um, yeah. What's your opinion on CDs? Are they even worth making anymore? Yeah. They yeah, are. they are. Um, I'm just doing, I have a, this is a two-song CD I threw together really haphazardly just so I could have something for tour you know and it's everything in me and it's another song uh, on it and I'm just giving it out you know just giving it away and I think if anything um, that's not really a bad way to go it's it's advertising you're getting your music in people's hands you know um, not everybody wants one that's fine um, but yeah it's it, I think you need you need a CD you do a lot of stuff yourself mm-hmm. I mean you're recording I mean how did what what was your like the thing that made you decide to do all your recording yourself was it just a, like a desire to learn it and do it or was it just like financial things or what i've always done that so even in the high school bands i would have some kind of recording setup whether it was just a little like four track tape thing or just like a whatever i'd always just be like demoing stuff or doing more serious recordings or so you know i've i've been doing that for 15 
over 15 years now. Um, it's weird when you get to the age where you're like, yeah, 20 years, you know, <laughs> I'm constantly reminded of that. Uh, but anyway, um, so yeah, I've always done that. And it, even with like a Tala, I, I would do like demo recordings and stuff, you know, and so I've always just done that. I really, I've always loved doing it. It's, and so when you started the solo project, you put out for what it's worth, which I think was the, uh, Buffalo Springfield cover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was on a compilation, so yep. that was right out of the gate when you uh, started writing. Do you have any solo stuff written when you did the cover, or was that sort of... No, I had some stuff out at that point. Yeah, that that was part of a compilation that I put together uh, in 2020, um, which featured Wisconsin musicians and Wisconsin artists, and we were all covering classic protest songs of the 60s and 70s, and it was... Um, basically a stand of solidarity with current civil rights and we were kind of drawing parallels between you know struggles of the 60s and 70s and and now you know a lot of similarities and differences and whatever and so i just wanted to do something and so yeah i put that uh together and that was a really cool project but no i had some songs out before then because that yeah that was like september of 2020 so you picked one of the coolest ones to to record that yeah i love that song (laughs) i know and that's like it's such a it's like the poster song for that era almost. And it's not even about, uh, that song is not even about uh, protesting a war, which is, you know, funny enough, um, or, or protesting war or anything. It's not a political song at all. Um, but yeah, I love that song. It's so classic. Did you get uh, any good feedback from the, the compilation? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, um, that, was, that was a really good project. I was reaching out to tons of people, you know, for as far as like promo, and I had a ton of interview, radio interviews, and... Um, a lot of a lot of really good support uh, with that project and all the money we had an auction so so we had um, we had local uh, artists come through too and they would they basically chose one of the musicians that they were gonna contribute a piece of art to um, based around that song or whatever and so we had some of those artists actually donate their art and we had an auction and we made a bunch of money and and that all um, um, went to the uh, Oh, what is that called? I can't think of the organization. The organization. We donated all the money that, that we made to an organization. I forget what it was. So do you think, was would that be something you would do again? Like, Yeah. To- yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. It was really cool to just collaborate with all the all these different people. And it was honestly, I thought it was going to be like this huge, big project. And it was a big project. But, like, you know, all I had to do was, like, tell them what to do. And they had to get me their song. And, you know, so it really wasn't. Uh, too intensive to do and it was a really cool way just to kind of get people together and do something Milo Music did you meet any artists from out of town that you know are you making connections at Mile or are you just kind of looking to get through your shows (laughs) no I'm always so busy Mile Mile weekend so I had other multiple I had multiple shows outside of Milo Music that weekend I had like six shows that weekend it was crazy um, so I really didn't get to hang out that much. I hung out a little bit Saturday night after my, sh- after my, my last mile set. Um, but literally like Friday I had to leave and then come back, you know, for my other show or whatever. So I didn't, I really didn't get to meet anybody this year and it was kind of the same thing last year. Um, so unfortunately, no, I did not. It seems like such a, a great kind of network opportunity, especially 
for artists that you know book their own tours and stuff yeah, like that because yeah. you're meeting people from out of state that you might be able to hook up with later and yeah yeah i think uh i think next year i'll probably make it so i can enjoy the festival a little <laughs> more you know so i'm not just like running all over the place um we'll see <laughs> you're pretty active on social media mm-hmm. is i mean when you're recording yourself i i know you're working with a label now but um, I'm assuming you're booking your own tours yeah. and doing all that, mm-hmm. keeping up with the social media stuff. Is there like one aspect of self self promoting that you don't like doing? Um, no, I really don't mind self promotion. You just have to be careful. You can't self promote. You can't overdo it because people don't care. You know, you have to. Yeah, you, you can't even do it most of the time. You know, you can't be like, and you can't. You got to do it in a way that makes people want to see what you're doing you can't just say look at me look at me look at me you know because no one's going to do that you know are you on instagram and i know you're on yeah. facebook too. what other uh, TikTok. platforms TikTok. tiktok yeah i have like fifty thousand followers on tiktok so like what's the when you find out about a new platform do you get on it you know download it just so you can get on there or do you um, sort of do you have what you do now and you're just sort of like yeah, i'm not doing anything else I, I have what i do now i jumped on tiktok uh, earlier this year um just to try it out and my wife and i ended up having a viral video which has been which helped out a lot it was like unbelievable timing with the label and the song and all this stuff um so that's been kind of a struggle though because so like the viral video i surprised my wife with a puppy and i i I filmed her reaction and i just happened to post it so i didn't go viral due to music reasons which is kind of bummer but um (laughs) i'm trying to get all these like dog lovers to like my music now you know um and then again you can't just be like look at me you have to be like oh here's my cute dog and he likes my music and look at he's reacting this way to my music and you know you have to do it in a way that they're like that they like you know um but yeah if, if there's you know some new social platform i don't try to jump on everything because it's just too much, you know. Well, and do you typically like post the same things on all, all the platforms? Um, probably, probably like seventy percent of the time. I do have certain things that I'll only put on Facebook, or only do Instagram, or only do on TikTok. Um, but yeah, most of the time. I wrote down a couple of your uh, your memes from okay. Facebook, so I'm going to go over those. <laughs> make you uncomfortable here. <laughs> uh, let's see, uh, June fourteenth. A cool thing would be if I didn't allow myself to get stuck in technology oh. loops when I'm just trying to complete simple tasks. Dude, so true. My so, phone, oh my God, dude. <laughs> I mean, that kind of goes with what we're just talking about with, you know, the platforms and, but, but technology loops is that, so you're, you were broadly talking about just anything technology. Yeah. Well, it's really my phone. I'm addicted <laughs> to my phone a hundred percent. And it's like, literally I'll just sit there and just like loop through like three or four apps for like fucking hours, dude. <laughs> And I don't know if I can swear. I apologize if I can't. Well, my kid's watching. Hopefully, you turned it off. Sorry, <laughs> Beckett. But uh, um, yeah, like, so the the. I mean, do you have a thing on your phone? Because I think you can set like. I know. No, I don't. Oh. I don't. But like, I'll just like wait. I I waste way too much time on my phone. Is what it is. It really. And like like so like your phone will give you like your you have your daily screen time literally one day it was 24 hours what it was like you had like 24 hours of screen time yesterday that doesn't even seem possible but that's also because (laughs) i have it so like i'll listen to like headphones when i sleep and then on youtube so my phone is on all night that's interesting so that's you can't fall asleep unless you have headphones with no i can oh yeah i just like to sometimes 
Are they big, bulky earphones? No, like this? it's actually like it's like a it's like a it's like a headband that has little speakers in it. Interesting. How does your wife feel about that? She doesn't care. <laughs> she doesn't care at all. As long as I stay on my side of the bed, which I never do, apparently, she doesn't care. Does she help with some of the the um, music stuff as far as like anything like booking or? No, she like she'll come to my shows and then she'll sell merch for me. She'll do that kind of stuff sometimes, which is really nice because yeah. she's super cute and bubbly and talkative, you know, uh, and that helps a lot. But no, as far as like everything else, no. <laughs> August 3rd, you got on the social media no. <laughs> and definitely not booking another or definitely not booking a tour on my own ever again. And then in parentheses, yeah, right. So what was the story behind that? So that was due to the Midwestern Dads tour. And I only booked like five of those shows. Uh, one of the other dudes booked, booked the other ones. But... There was a span of like 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 two weeks before the show where one of the bands in the show was like, oh, we broke up at the end, at the beginning of the summer, which was like two months ago. You didn't say anything. We have a show next week in, in, in Pittsburgh. <laughs> and then the same venue for that show, like four days later, was like, oh, our promoter was let go and we have no details on your show. Can you let us know what's happening? And so there was that. And then and you're it was out of state. So you, yeah, like... right. And, and, and then it was like, like, like our, our Indianapolis show was like, oh, we got a better show. So your show's canceled. <laughs> Luckily, we were able to, and that was a Friday night, like a week out. You know, we're like, okay, well, we have another day off. Luckily, we were able to get another St. Louis show uh, that night. And it was just a bunch of little stuff like that where stuff was just like falling apart. You know, I'd been grinding on this thing for like, and booking right now, booking like post-COVID booking is totally different. Like, it's it's a lot harder, and so it was like super hard for me to book five shows. You know, um, granted, I'm some like dude who nobody knows. You know, you're like reaching out to these people who they have no idea who you are and whatever. And are you more or less like cold calling in a way, except maybe yeah. like cold emailing? Absolutely, over. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you basically send out like a hundred emails and hope that one of them says yes. Um, and so just like a bunch of little stuff kept falling apart right at the end. And I was just like so stressed out at that point. You know, I was like, screw it. I'm never doing this again. Sarcastically, of course. <laughs> but there's that. Are you sleeping on like floors or are you getting hotels when you when you do these? Tours? We would uh, we would stay with someone if we could. That was always first option. You know, that saves a ton of money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We would. um just kind of ask, you know, hey, is there any, you know, Airbnbs around? You know, just kind of get the conversation going. And a lot of times he'd be like, oh, you know, it's only two of you guys. So I've got a, I've got a couch or whatever. Um, but we would do Airbnbs if we had to or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we would, you know, I don't think we ever slept on the floor, but we would have if we needed to. We were pretty lucky. Uh, September 5th, you got back online. And <laughs> for people who cover Amy Winehouse, Valerie isn't her only song. Thanks. That's so true, though. That's the only Amy Winehouse song I ever hear. Okay, and I love that song. I don't want to hate on anybody who's covering Valerie, but she has other songs. Well, doing, uh, you know, the, the genre you're doing now, you're, are you hearing more like, you know, somebody sitting there with an acoustic guitar? So is that like, I don't even know that song offhand. So is there oh, really? something that makes that song where it's like, well, it's upbeat, you know, it's upbeat. It's uh, it's like a major key song. You know, most of our other songs are all about like drinking and being depressed and being sad, which I get, but like they're all good, you know. Um, yeah, it's probably an easy chord progression. I don't know. I haven't ever tried to learn it, but um, it's like the only 
only Amy Winehouse song I hear, so I wanted to, to say my piece <laughs> on this very important issue. <laughs> what is your go-to song when you're somewhere you're like your go-to acoustic songs if you need to rip out a cover or two? Um, well, actually, so I play I play electric now, um, which is always interesting because people are expecting like an acoustic dude. So you're sitting there with uh, you've got like a small amp probably yeah. on your electric guitar. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, covers I like. I just learned how to do. What did I just learn? I just learned how to do "Yesterday" by the Beatles, and I like that song. That's not my go-to, though. What's my go-to? I do Come Together by the Beatles. That's like a total cr uh, crowd pleaser. Everybody likes that one. Or I do Have You Ever Seen the Rain? Because I do a lot of three-hour cover sets, too, because so I, I do music full-time. And so that's kind of like, like tonight. I'm playing in Fond du Lac, and I'm doing three hours you know, at some bar. And so I know like a ton of covers. Yeah, you're um, a top-shelf sports bar and girl tonight. I am. Yeah, 8 o'clock. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I don't know that Beatles song or, uh, the CCR song. I do an Amy Winehouse song and I do, you know, I'm no good. It's not Valerie. Do you know that song? I do know that song. Yeah. Uh, do you have friends that go there and, and shout out Atala songs? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't really have friends. I'm not, <laughs> I mean, I do, I have, I really, I really kind of don't though. Cause like when I left Atala, I kind of left the whole metal scene, you know, and that's who I had been around for a long time. Um, and so, yeah, like I, I have a lot of acquaintances, but I don't really have like a buddy that I go to shows with or anything. So you don't have people yelling old band title song titles to you to play? No, not really. <laughs> no, only like, you know, Freebird and well, what's the, the Barbie like, girl and stuff. <laughs> is there a good scene? Like is the, the Fond du Lac scene just as good as Oshkosh and Appleton? I don't know. I haven't played in Fond du Lac in a long time. I'm not sure. We've got... Well, yeah, let's, we're on the topic. You've got a lot of shows coming up. Yeah. Um, you're going to be playing in Green Bay. Yeah. Next week, you've got Zambaldi. Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. Then you go down to Illinois for a few shows, which yeah. uh, Peoria Heights and yep. Bloomington and Bishop that's, Hill. That's with Soul True. So Soul True is my friend from Iowa City. He's a guitarist, singer, songwriter, and it's his EP release. So he's doing a couple shows, and I'm going with him. Nice. Yeah. Well, you get coming back, Milwaukee and Madison. So, I mean, you're places to check out cody james if you're curious yeah, yeah. um the the midwestern dad tour yeah like, yeah how were the how's the crowd for something like that because you hear the title yeah you know, a, lot of, uh, a good amount of people thought it was like a comedy show <laughs> we got that a lot they were expecting not expecting but I they mean, saw brian, it and brian cherry and soldier i mean I, I guess i could and the you know if you ever if you saw the flyer we're all making stupid faces and yeah stuff, it's almost you know? like the kings of comedy cover yeah kinda. right yeah yeah um <laughs> Um, so, but the shows were great. The shows were really good. Um, like nobody knew who we were, you know, and we were kind of relying on locals and stuff. Uh, and that all went really well. We had a ton of fun. Um, made a lot of connections out there. Um, I want to go back out. I want to do it again. He's got a new track coming out in a couple weeks, which you'll be able to, I think you'll be able to get it on Bandcamp or is it going to be like in a special... No, that'll be everywhere. I think It'll, you can pre, can you pre-order it? Yeah, I have a pre-save right now. Okay. Um, so you can find, find me up or look me up on uh, Facebook, which is facebook.com slash real Cody James, no spaces or anything. And the, my very first post is information on where to pre-save uh, the song. Yeah. And 
Uh, you, you said you're working with a label now? Yeah, yeah, the Animal Farm. Um, they're based out of the UK. Uh, I use this service called Submit Hub, which you can basically pay to, pay to submit songs to labels and playlisters and all this kind of stuff. And so I just submitted some songs to them, and they liked it. And um, that was earlier this year. And we've been... That was kind of another uh, reason for me to put the acoustic EP out was just to kind of, you know, see if I can get some interest or whatever. And it worked. And so, yeah, we're going to be releasing um, four singles over the course of the next few months, starting on the 30th. And you mentioned and you mentioned singles. Mm-hmm. Is that sort of where you think things are headed right now instead of doing these full 10-song albums? I think... Yeah, I mean, I think it's always good to have to be releasing singles, um, you know. And I hear all the time where bands are going in and recording a full album, but then just releasing all those as singles throughout the year, which is really not a bad idea. But I think it's also cool to release singles and then compile them and maybe add another song or two for an EP or maybe for a full release. You know, um, I always, I, I really like like a five-song EP. I think is really digestible for most people. And you can really kind of showcase different things that you can do, you know, with that. And so I, I would like to do that. I think eventually it's kind of lead up into at least an EP with an extra song or two on it. The uh, the, the cover art, I think, is up for the new single. Yeah. And it's a, a photo of you. And who who's doing your photos? You're doing this stuff in-house or do you have... So the cover for the for the single, I actually did it. I was laying in bed. I had COVID. Uh, <laughs> and I, just, I was just like, I was really, it was like day five, you know? And this was uh, earlier this year. So I still had, it was, it was at least 10 days quarantine period then. It might have been two weeks. I think it was probably 10 days. And so it was like day six or something. And I was just like super bored and just kind of losing my mind, you know. And so I was just like doing goofy stuff. And I just started taking photos. And I actually kind of liked that one. So I was like, yeah, I'll use that. Always, um, always working, Cody. Even yeah. <laughs> I can't breathe when I'm doing a photo shoot. <laughs> and then even the, the cover for acoustic was really good. Yeah. So that was a friend of mine in Oshkosh, Casey Gallenberger. It's like a water, almost like watercolor. A watercolor. Yep, it is. Yeah. Watercolor. He does watercolor portraits. And so I had... I had a contest. I had just people submit stuff for the cover, and he submitted that, and I was like, "That's it." You know, it's really great. I think it really embodies where I'm, where I was, or where I'm at. You know, any uh, <clears throat> any uh, more music video? Are you gonna make a music video for the next single? Uh, yeah. I mean, yes, I need to. <laughs> Well, you, you, if I like, ever like, I need to like put it on my list because it's it's like swirling in the back of my head. I think I have more time than I do, and it's like, dude, I have like 13 days to do this. You've got a pretty cool video for "Living on a Breeze," which yeah, you, you recorded I think at the uh, theater in Oshkosh. Yeah, the Time Theater. Yeah, so my friend Anthony Montelvo uh, filmed that. He lives in L.A. Now he's from here. He lives in L.A. He's a really good friend, um, and he, uh, yeah, he filmed that. He edited it and everything, and I thought, yeah. I, it's a cool video. You it turned know? out really nice. Yeah. And like just you had to sit in all these different spots yeah. in the theater. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How long did it take you to to get through all that? Because you had to kind of yeah. Just... That was probably like a. It probably took us like five hours or something, all said and done. Uh, you know, which isn't really that bad. Um, and 
Your yeah. friend's like, yeah, but it took me like 20 <laughs> hours after you left. Yeah, he was actually like, <laughs> he was really stressed out because he couldn't figure out. So in one part, one part of the video, there's like six of me sitting in the theater and then I like fade away, you know, or whatever. You're up on stage too. And- yeah, yeah. And so he was like having a hell of a time, like trying to figure out how to do it. And he was like getting like really stressed about it. And I was like, dude, just chill out you know like i was like forget the music video man just make sure you're good like it's not a big deal take your time you know <laughs> but it turned out great i love it yeah so did he let you see it before he released it or was oh yeah okay, yeah yeah cool. i would yeah him and i were well he was working on it but yeah he would be like what do you think or you know and so we would kind of tweak it and go back and forth and stuff do you think you get more um kind of people finding out about you from music videos or from like handing out the the free cds um, I mean, music videos for sure. I mean, that just has the potential to reach way more people, you know, than I could at a, you know, 50 cap venue, you know what I mean? <laughs> Whereas YouTube is like the world. But then again, it's a, it's a double-edged sword because there's a, a thousand million billion other people to cut through, you know? So you just, I, I think, I think all aspects are necessary, you know, video, CD, old school, new school. Yeah. Well, we, you know, we talked about mild music. We didn't talk about electric city that it's weird because that stuff, like, I don't even know, like, I don't even hear about it. And then all of a sudden I just see the flyer that it's booked, you know, or that here's a lineup. And I, like, I don't even, so, I don't even I mean, know who to, who you're to talk You're booking yourself, so you'd have to reach out. Right. And it's, do you find, like, when you're talking to other artists, is that kind of where you're getting intel from as far as, like, where to, who to reach out to? Because it's yeah, almost like who you know in a way. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, I like, I don't even know who to reach out to for that or other local festivals a lot of them like like i said i'll just be scrolling and it's like here's a lineup you know and i was like oh okay i guess i missed it this year <laughs> again <laughs> well so the single drops in a couple weeks yeah and then you're going to be doing some shows yeah um if you're in the fond du lac area oshkosh area appleton area drive down to fond du lac today go to top shelf sports bar and grill eight o'clock do you know if you're playing with anybody else today or is it a, just me yeah i'll be up there doing some songs and having fun and then next week up in Green Bay. Yeah, Zambaldi. Yeah, that's a great place. They do original night, original music night, which is really cool. Where should people go if they want to find out more about you? We talked about your Facebook and Instagram and your TikTok, but is there a place? I, you're on Spotify as well. Yep, but... I'm on Spotify. Um, you can find me pretty much anywhere. There. The, 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 the bad thing is there's like a million Cody James musicians oh, yeah. <laughs> like tons of like country acoustic cody james tons and so you might have to do a little digging but i'm probably the only one with long hair so just look <laughs> look for my long hair in the photo um but yeah i mean you can my website if you really wanted to officialcodyjames.com i got stuff there i got merch there i have merch on Bandcamp. um yeah facebook instagram tiktok that's probably about it very last question for yeah. you cody this is a, a question that was um, kind of posed by uh, Julia Blair a while back when she's on the show. What are you most proud of? What am I most proud of? I'm most proud of surviving to this point, of just living and making it to be as old as I am. Well, and it's had be I guess in is in 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 the state that I'm in. You know, I'm not like a rundown, almost dead person. <laughs> I guess I'm, you know, I'm doing all right is what I mean to say. You know, I'm, I'm living life and I'm doing okay. <laughs> and you, you know, you're balancing family life with, yeah, you know, with yeah. I music mean, career, yeah. which isn't the, the easiest thing to do either. Yeah. I mean, it, I wouldn't be able to do it without my wife, honestly. And, and so I owe a lot to her always and forever for many, 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 many things. And, um, yeah, I'm very lucky. 
Thank you for joining me on Fox City's Core on WCZR Codes yeah. Your Radio. Thanks for having me. Appreciate love it. Love to have you back once uh, you know the single's out and you're going around and, and touring and playing shows on it. But check out Cody James and thank you for tuning in to Fox City's Core on WCZR Codes Your Radio.